Hello, you movers, you shakers, you visionary makers. My name is Sky Sheridan, and welcome to another episode of Under One Sky, where we see solutions, hear humanity, and feel the future, having life discussions that build better communities. We're so excited to have Latif Salami on the show today. He's a community leader in Sky Farms. And on top of that, he's a social entrepreneur in Africa, although he spent much time over here in Europe. Um, he is from Nigeria. So we're excited to have this a nice international global uh, show for you tonight. And also we're joined by our co-host Beth Solberg tonight. So that's going to be really fun to do uh, another co-hosted show. So thank you so much for tuning in. Remember, you can also like, subscribe, or leave your comments wherever you'd like on the YouTube or um, share them in our Discord channel. So uh, without much further ado, let's get started. Latif, welcome to the show, man. How are you today? Hey. I'm very good. And you're calling in from Nigeria, huh? Yeah, you know, it's really good to be back home in Nigeria. I haven't been away for five years, you know. And I guess I'm going to be the first guy from Nigeria. So I'm you... going to tell you a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. sure. You share, will. You, know? <laughs> you will. I hope this starts a cascade of just a bunch of people uh, that you will enroll from your own town that we can start representing Africa and get Africa on the map because like that's so important to us in our community as well. Mm -hmm. So um, we have a Discord channel. It's an online uh, platform where we're trying to have all of our listeners and followers uh, communicate there. So we have five questions from Discord from our community to you. So the first question is, what was your favorite toy as a child? Growing up in uh, rural Nigeria, uh, my first toy and my most fancy toy is uh, a, a used tire. You know, we have this practice in Nigeria during my era when I was growing up. You know, your vehicles, when the tire is bad and you remove it, you give it to kids and they roll it. So we yeah. Fancy, yeah, we fancy it as a kind of uh, tire, as a kind of car, a toy car. Then <laughs> also use it as a kind of uh, game. You know, yeah. two, two little children rolling the tires in opposite direction and then they collide and they wait for the one that falls to the ground first. You know, some will just stay and then if you all stay, then you have won and people will just applaud you. you know? <laughs> Are you competitive? Okay, okay, sometimes I... <laughs> Uh, then, you know, I was really competitive, you know, then, and uh, I went, I, I really want to win all the games and I, 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 I feel bad anytime, you know, a tire is standing and my mom would tell me, no, you win some, you lose some, you know, and that was where the spirit of uh, sportsmanship start coming into myself and I just discovered it's not every time you win, sometimes you win, sometimes you lose and life goes on. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. Nice I yeah. love it. There's mm -hmm. a theme song for that, I think, Beth, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> you take the good, you take the bad, you take them both, and there you have the facts of life. Yeah. That's right. Very that's right. corny 80s TV show. Very corny. Yeah. Loved that's... it. Um, okay, second question for you, Latif. What is your star sign? I'm a July guy, you know, July guys rocking here. So it's cancer. Okay. <laughs> Are you a cancer? Yes! Oh, my gosh. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Oh, no. I can I'm... see the connection there, Beth. Yes, that's why our, my heart is so open because yeah. I'm doing the cancer. Yeah, the, I love I do, it. You know, the positive vibe, I love that. Yes. Uh, I do love cancers, though. I mean, uh, to speak to cancers, I think the, the, the biggest thing is your heart, right? You guys have such a, I mean, Latif, this is you to a T. You are such a heart. And you too, Beth. I mean, don't let me leave you out. You guys are both mm -hmm. cancer, <laughs> heart people. But I think it's funny because sometimes you have a little bit of protection, right? Like you don't open your heart right away because mm -hmm. is, that mm -hmm. is that true or not true? I don't know. You're, sometimes you kind of have a That's shell. That's true for me. I, I mean, once, once I let you in, like, you know, then it's all in, right? And then my heart's totally open. But I have a little bit of um, a boundary, maybe like a barrier that I keep in place until I know kind of who I'm. Yeah, to some extent, also true for me. But, you know, sometimes your uh, background <laughs> and environment also kind of shape, you know, how you relate to this kind of stuff. So for me, uh, maybe coming from African background, where things are usually in black and white, and then you just, you know, <laughs> open up just <laughs> quite easily. And uh, mm -hmm. But, you know, the hard thing and the emotional thing is always there and very strong for us as cancer. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. This is a big question. Get ready for it. What is your superpower? And oh, I, I need to take a big breath before I answer <laughs> that question. <laughs> 
Yeah, you see, uh, for me, you know, I've actually thought about this question myself over and over again before this show. And uh, uh, I, I, I just know that my superpower is my mind, the ability of this, my mind to capture uh, innovative solutions. You know, I'm always constantly thinking about uh, innovative solutions about my environment. And I have this ability to follow it through. Rather, when I go into communities, I am always conscious of things that needed to be done in an innovative way. I always want to make some contributions, you know, like ever since I come to Nigeria now, I've been looking at, oh, this isn't how this should be. We can do this in a, this way. And by the time I will just uh, tell people about what I conceive in my mind, they are like, wow, this is really beautiful. Yeah. If you follow this through, it's going to solve this problem. And so... So I think my mind to conceive a lot of uh, creative ideas and innovations, I think that's my superpower. It's yeah. not just having the awesome ideas, but it's the follow through. It's like making the dream a reality. Mm -hmm. I love mm -hmm. that. That's a great mm -hmm. superpower. Mm -hmm. That it is really a great is superpower. superpower. It really is. <laughs> it really is. Yeah. 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 And I celebrate that superpower, Latif. That's what's mm -hmm. getting you. That's what's getting you in our world so far as we need people like you who have great minds. Okay, Latif. Last question from the community. Mm -hmm. What is your hobby or a creative outlet? Do you have one? Do you have many? Yeah, I'd love yeah, to hear about it. Yeah, I do have. I do have. Uh, I love traveling. I really love traveling. I love traveling. I, I, I try to discover new places every time, every now and then. And uh, since my time in Nigeria, before moving to Europe, you know, I try to, to go to neighboring African countries like mm -hmm. Republic of Benin. And another thing I love very deeply is reading. I, I am a voracious reader uh, and I read anything that catch my fancy, you know, like I just take any book and read. I read a lot. And to a large extent, I would say I am a little bit versatile. You know, I know uh, a little about several topics. You know, when you talk about maybe physics, uh, agriculture. About, so I know about, you know, different topics. So I love reading. Uh, lately, I discovered that I also love writing. And I want to link, yes, I want to link this with my superpower because I'm really imaginative. And then yeah. if I have a pen in my hand, I feel like, you know, imagining something like a very interesting story. I'm putting something down and uh, I love doing that. And <laughs> I mean, you have so many good things to share, so many great ideas and stories. I mean, just put them on paper. That'd be amazing. That'd be great. So true. That's so true. And it's yeah. incredible too, because you, how many different languages do you speak, Latif? You speak oh, English yeah. as well, but um, what is it like, like what's your native tongue? Okay, you my, my native tongue is called Yoruba language. You know, Yoruba is a tribe. It's one of the uh, major tribes in Nigeria. We have three major tribes in Nigeria, Awusa, Igbos, and Yorubas. And uh, so I'm a Yorubas and Yorubas seems to be like the balance between the three uh, major ethnic groups. Nigeria uh, comprised of uh, so many ethnic nationalities, over 200 ethnic nationalities. But you know, the, this three happens to be the major ones, you see. Uh, and that means we have over 250 different languages and dialects. But these three, Awusa, Igbo, and Yorubas, are the major uh, three ethnic uh, indigenous languages that we speak. So I'm from the Yoruba tribe and uh, we, we pride ourselves as being the balance of the extreme uh, north and the east, you know, because mm -hmm. Nigeria is a very interesting country in the sense that mm -hmm. uh, people in the uh, hot northern part of Nigeria are predominantly Muslims. Mm -hmm. uh, people in the uh, southern and eastern part of Nigeria are mm -hmm. predominantly Christians. But we are in the southwest of Nigeria. We are the blend of both Muslims and Christians, you know. And you, hardly can you find any family in my tribe that does not have uh, a mix of Muslims and Christians. And I tell the whole world to come and learn about religious tolerance from my tribe because you can never ever hear about any skinishes or problems associated with our faith. So like myself, I'm married to a Christian. My mom is a Christian. I'm a Muslim, my dad is a Muslim, you know, so it's my sister that, so it's really, really a beautiful uh, uh, culture, a beautiful tradition, and it's always a very perfect blend. Yeah, I so would I actually love that. to know, like, how do you do that? I mean, how do you create a community that has 
so much religious tolerance and so much acceptance of many cultures, you know, and mm -hmm. that it's, it's just like, okay. Uh, tolerance, uh, uh, an average Yoruba person prides himself as being uh, very open and tolerant. You're not going to get castigated if you bring your own ideas and they are ready to listen to you. Uh, even if they are not going to embrace you, they are going to listen to you and uh, uh, give you the respect to hear your voice and say, okay, but this is what we also believe. And that tolerance seems to be in the DNA of uh, my tribe people. We, we're so accommodating and uh, there's really no room for extremism or fanatism and so on. <laughs> that is wow. a super skill to build a community, right? That's a whole yeah. superpower. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's another superpower. That's a, that is a superpower. <laughs> but I mean, if only we could all have that much experience in our communities, because like growing up in America, I think Beth and I both, um, we grow up in a very, you know, uh, you, you only have one thing. It's very homogenistic, you know, a homogeny, right? It's like just one religion. You are, right. Mm -hmm. You must choose kind of like, I have to mm -hmm. declare that I am this and I am that. And, but and I think both, both of us have pretty open, tolerant temperaments. Well, Sky yeah. and I. So like, yeah. to me personally, I don't understand what the big deal is and why we can't, you know, have some more openness. <laughs> but not everybody around me feels that way. You know, they feel like, well, yeah. I have to identify I am an American or yeah. I am a Protestant or whatever, you know. It's, <laughs> um, and there's so much fear, right? There's so much fear yeah. uh, between things you don't know. So it's really cool that yeah. you live, Latif, in a community where people are kind of forced to to reconcile their fears of mm -hmm. another different culture, another different kind of uh, religion mm -hmm. and, and, and live side by side because that yeah. seems to be like what we need in communities is more diversity and to be mm -hmm. like, you're a human being, I'm a human being. Right. At the end of the day, like, what's really keeping us all together is like that we eat food, we all want love. We exactly, all want you know, hurt, the goal of know. each and every one of us is the pursuit of happiness, you know, good mm -hmm. neighborhood and, uh, you know, uh, just everyone to be happy, you know, it's, yeah. we are not defined by, you know, uh, the, the color of our skin or the faith we practice, but the humanity in us, you know, just being mm -hmm. free, relating with one another in atmosphere yeah. of peace and, you know, mm -hmm. tranquility. Uh, Nigeria yeah. is leading the way and like helping us understand how <laughs> yeah. to build diverse, really? diverse communities, right? Yeah. Um, can you say something in your language for us, Latif? I would like yeah. you to say, I am a social entrepreneur. Uh, Moje eniti on kopalati wa idagbasoke fun awon omo ati idagbasoke fun awon eyan nipa oraje ati nkan igbaye gbadu beautiful it's like music Latif and I have this really funny strange journey Beth that you don't know about so he was also living in Hamburg Mm -hmm. You know, I lived in Hamburg for five yeah. years. And mm -hmm. then I went to Poland uh, with Michał to do our Erasmus project, right? And he mm -hmm. also, and like your family's still in Poland right now. Is that correct, Latif? Like you have- Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and so, yeah, so it's really interesting that we both kind of share these same destinies. And um, I think that we have a lot more to do, Latif, together. Mm -hmm. Like that, um, yeah. Yeah, something's going on with that. <laughs> I'm going to play a really quick clip for our listeners right now. Um, and it's about social entrepreneurism. That's why I wanted to lead into that. The concept of social entrepreneurship. It's like any other entrepreneurship where your product is placed on the market and profit is generated. However, the profit is not used exclusively to enlarge the wealth of a business's owner, but instead is reinvested in order to increase the quality of life and well-being of the entire community. Business success is also measured in terms of positive social and ecological impact. Suddenly, everything was clear to Mervyn and he became a social entrepreneur. With his newly found business management knowledge, he is now able to successfully balance economic, social and environmental goals. Social entrepreneurs identify social problems and use entrepreneurial skills to achieve positive changes such as environmental protection and conservation, job creation, meeting public, cultural and health needs, the inclusion of the most vulnerable members of the community, and so on. With his example, Mervyn has shown us that changes are possible and that the power is in our hands. If you want to achieve something larger than plain profit, then find out more about social entrepreneurship and learn how you can positively affect your community while maintaining a steady income. Okay, Latif, let's dive in. Um, okay. tell, me your, tell me a little bit about your story and your journey 
you share that you grew up in Nigeria, but tell, yes. elaborate a little bit. Well, when I look at the school, I'm sometimes uh, drawn back like, oh, I'm going to learn. I'm not really smart with learning. And, but, oh, I have friends. We have to play and this and that. So, mm -hmm. And, you know, at this era, it was really uh, not really good for children development because a, a lot of uh, emphasis was placed on how smart you are in school. So if you're not really so smart with your studies, then you, uh, you are really not encouraged. So it was really, for me, not the best of time as regard the academics. So I was like a, a, a late starter, you know, slow learner at the late beginning. Mm -hmm. And so, but I struggled through the elementary till I got to the secondary school. So junior, uh, junior secondary school, I was still struggling a little bit better. But was she struggling? It wasn't still not the best. And that time I was like, oh, look at my colleagues, my other guys that are doing really well. I said, what is the magic behind this? You know, mm -hmm. it gets to me. But I'm just happy that I, I have this loving and wonderful parent, especially my dad. You know, because in this era, uh, parents are usually also not helping. They're like, your, your other colleagues are doing what, fine. So what is wrong with you, you know? But my, my dad, I could well remember, he draw me close to him. Anytime I present my woeful result and pat me on the back and says, oh, no, I know you can do this, you do this, and encourages me. Mm. And it's just done on me that failure is actually not failure. Failure, it can actually be the recipe for you to be successful. And right. so when I had to take that class again, I became one of the best students in the whole of the school. Yes. You know, really? I, I, I became so awesome. Like everybody were like, you know, I just became like a star and <laughs> all things that were like not so clear, shady. I was like, oh, the Superman. And I was, but it taught me something. Do you recognize <laughs> that because you also yeah. are the kind of person who just wants to bring out the best in people. I mean, that's all right. three of us. In fact, that's the community that we're all involved in, actually, or this tribe we've sort of always been putting that's together fair. with Sky Farms is that you just want to bring out the best. I just, I mean, that's all I want to do is I want to yeah, see people yeah, do their best. Yeah. And I don't want people to feel like they have to prove anything or that they yeah. have to be judged, you know? Like, you can tell mm -hmm. me anything about anything yeah. and I wouldn't judge you, you know? And that's kind of like, I just want to mm -hmm. love people. Yeah. Love up on yeah. people. I, I <laughs> and you guys are the same way, yeah, yeah. so. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> Especially those subjects where that were my weakest became my area of strength, like mathematics, physics, and chemistry. I was doing so well, so that you know I had good distinctions in those subjects, and that you know uh, motivated me to go into college to study electrical engineering. You see, like why why engineering out of all the different subjects? Like what led you to? Because that's a really yeah heavy subject i mean yeah. for somebody who wants to write you could have been, you could have become a you could have been become a writer maybe you know yeah yeah uh, as, as at that time you know i figure out that i i have more strength in my analytical skills especially mm -hmm. mathematics and numerical skills and you know engineering dwells a lot on doing calculation mm -hmm. and stuff like that especially from nigeria what uh, a tremendous improvement you know I could bring on the community, you know, if I have the power of engineering, how uh, this knowledge can be deployed to solve a lot of problems, you know. Throughout all this time, you know, while you're pushing through your education and you're traveling to different places to complete your education, did you hit any bumps in the road? Did you have any struggles at that time? I mean, because you said you were, you were like hot and you were a plus doing so well on everything. But did anything ever, did you ever have any time where you were really struggling? Because you don't become like yeah. this heart-centered person overnight, you know. It, it sometimes is forged in mm -hmm. suffering. When I was in college, I wasn't the vocal type. So I wouldn't just go out there and stop talking, you know, very loudly. And so uh, you, you struggle to get uh, things across to people, mm -hmm. you know, like what you think is the right thing, you struggle to get it across to people. So I'm that kind of a person that would rather talk to people one-on-one -on -one. And I, I discovered this is something that I need to battle, you know, to if I really want to lead, if I really want uh, uh, to inspire people, you know, I just have to get out there and inspire this change by my action, by words. And so for me, it was a little bit of uh, a trauma trying to, to, you know, get out of my shell entirely. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, so, but I did pretty well when I, I uh, left school and I started working and uh, 
uh, I started uh, taking on bigger responsibility, like uh, talking to clients that are, you know, uh, big players, and then I had to face them and talk to them. So that way I was able to convert my fears to uh, my uh, strength. Yes, I love mm -hmm. how you said that. I converted my fears to my strength because once you realize, you know, if I can get past the fear, I can make a real difference, right? Exactly. So, exactly. And you have, I mean, look at how well you communicate now. And obviously you've been able to get the message out and make real change. And um, sometimes it can be hard to get, when I was a kid, I was socially, um, I didn't have a lot of friends when I was small, when I was a small child, I was pretty academic. So I was bookish. I read a lot, you know, and then when I hit about, I don't know, 11 or 12, I realized that I couldn't be like, I couldn't be like that for the rest of my life and really be successful. So then I had to do the same thing. I started watching people who were better communicators than I was. Like my sister had this great sense of humor and some of her friends and my friends. And I just got more comfortable with being outspoken, probably just by practice. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know if that was how you were able to develop your ability to communicate. I just kept practicing. I just kept talking. Sometimes and maybe just, somebody just... listened. It's true. And sometimes, <laughs> sometimes you just have to show up. Like my whole thing mm -hmm. is I struggle with tons of anxiety. So you don't know this about me, Latif, and Beth does because she's known me for a long time. Mm -hmm. But I, I get nervous on any call. I get nervous before I do this right now, this podcast with you. Um, and it has nothing to do with like, we could know each other for 20 years and I would still get nervous because I have just some general anxiety that goes on. But I always force myself to show up or like if I have to go talk in public or something, or if I have to go to a networking event, it's so scary, but you just tell yourself, like, I'm just going to show up. That's like 80% of the work, right? Yeah. Like get there, do <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, do, yeah, gonna, you, yeah. You're gonna, and you're going to fail. Probably you might make a fool of yourself or whatever, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. if you don't do it and you stay in your comfort zone, you'll never mm -hmm. grow. That's yeah. a good principle for life. I mean, that solves 90% of the problems is just trying, just try exactly. just show up, just do it. Yes. Just, exactly. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, doing doing nothing is definitely uh, not going to help at all. So, um, so you you got into engineering after my college days. I I got uh, employed in a very big organization as a service engineer. So, so what the company what they do is uh, uh, they sell office equipment, copiers, mm -hmm. printers, duplicators. So we are this service engineer that go around to install this uh, equipment. Mm -hmm. But I I have this consciousness about uh, living in a fear environment and world so but in 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 nigeria and by extension africa i discovered uh, people dwell so much about profit and nobody really cares so much about the environment yeah. so like the the, the the niche of the uh, of, of the industry where i operate then i, I just I, i'll go to customers i'll see them uh using hop their ink and toner cartridges and then just throwing it away on the dump site, you know, they don't sort this waste. And uh, I go back to my office, I tell my uh, immediate line manager that this is really not good for the environment. But you know, people really don't care. You know, it's about mm -hmm. what have you got to do with this? Mm -hmm. We're selling and we are making profit. And I felt it's not right. Somebody has to stand up and make that change, you know? Why do you think you cared so yeah. much? I mean, you know, there, there are all these people around you who didn't care, right? Care. Yeah, yeah. Part of what? the reason was actually, you know, then it also personal. Like, uh, you know, when, when they throw all these juice empties all around, you know, it clogs uh, the drainage and, uh, mm -hmm. you know, mosquitoes breed there and uh, you get bitten and get malaria. And, uh, you know, yes. And uh, sometimes also because of the high calorific content of these uh, plastics, you know, some people take them to to, to, to ignite fires, to cook, oh. you know, like, yeah. And you can imagine how it foul up the place, you know, the hazardous gases that comes out from that. Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, people just don't think about this. And uh, uh, we have people from the, uh, the lower rung of the ladder in the society that goes for all these empty plastics. They recover it to, to, to make their cooking, you know, and I mm. just felt this is not right. And then a better alternative needs to be provided. And if they don't get this uh, in the first place, they won't uh, be tempted to use this to make their food, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I, I felt I should uh, start my own business in this line and uh, look for a way to address this challenge. And that was what led to applying to International Sustainability Academy uh, in mm -hmm. Hamburg, Germany, 
coming mm-hmm. from Nigeria and you were invited to go to Germany, what a different, like what a culturally different uh, <laughs> a, a cultural shift. So, you know, it's like, how do we repurpose upscale? Right. And there's so many things that we can do. And Beth is doing this a lot with her community and family as well. Yeah. I mean, I, we, um, one of the things that we focus on as a family a lot, and then in our community is food waste. <clears throat> there's a tremendous amount of food waste here. It just, um, you can go to a dumpster behind a store and it will have, I don't know, weeks worth of food, food for, for many homes. Um, that's perfectly good. It might be close to date or something. So we try to, um, you know, rescue that and then redistribute it to people. So that's one way that we're trying to reduce waste. But it's interesting that you bring up office waste because I work in an office at a school. And um, so we have, you know, copiers, printers, whatever. The toner cartridges, we recycle those, we recycle paper. But I hadn't really thought about, when you consider how many people spend the, maybe even the majority of their time at an office or in a place of business, how much waste that would incur. And I hadn't really considered that. So is our, as you've started down this road, have you found that most companies are willing to work with you on that, that they, that they do wanna support these environmental measures or does it take some convincing? So, uh, you know, for, for us in Nigeria, like I will be the pioneer in this field. Nobody has ever done this before, you see. Mm-hmm. You know, sure. like most of these things uh, actually can look like a, a simple thing, you know, to people in uh, Europe and North America, but uh, you'll be amazed that it's not been done in Africa, you see. Yeah. And yep. some of these interventions, I would say, are most needed here because of our mm-hmm. population. Nigeria is over 230 million people, you know, yeah. and we have 70% of our population as youth. I was pleasantly amazed when I saw the reception, you know, of people that are major stakeholders in this industry. I'm talking about uh, the committee of vice chancellors of universities in Nigeria. You know, these are the people that are waiting for uh, social uh, entrepreneurs to bring these changes, but they couldn't find. So, you know, I was just uh, interacting with them and were saying, you mean you can do this? Oh my God, we are for you. Let's do this together. They are giving me their full backing. And I'm absolutely uh, confident that we're going to make a success out of this. It seems like most people, when they're given the opportunity to make better environmental choices, they'll do it. They just don't know how to do it, you know, or there wasn't an option. And so, yeah, they just threw out the thing or they, you know, used it improperly because they didn't have another option for where it should go. So it sounds like that's what Ecopath provides. Right. And also we were talking in the last podcast about cradle to cradle, which is designing, designing a product, right. That can mm-hmm. be repurposed or already mm-hmm. reused for a mm-hmm. lifetime or so like, why not have a, a cartridge that could be refilled or mm-hmm. that will only to be made once. So this mm-hmm. is also kind of a, an idea of that too, but uh, Latif, not to, to throw you under the bus with market data, but um, can you give us an idea of how many, how much waste, that there is in Nigeria, what, what, like, what's the problem? I'm, I'm trying to figure out, get my head wrapped around the problem of like what actually, how much waste is coming out of these ink cartridges or like office supplies. You can imagine uh, a country with uh, over, 200, uh, over 200 universities and right. uh, the average population, or I would say the least populated universities about uh, like 25,000 students. So, mm-hmm. and uh, we, we, because of the limited internet penetration, so most of our, our uh, educational instruction are paper based, so we do a lot, a whole lot of printing, you know. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, so you can imagine the the huge number of uh, cartridges that you know that yeah. I'm just using school as example. Of course, we're going to banks and other mm-hmm. institutions. Yeah, yeah. Do, do do many people find? Are they surprised when they hear your your, you know, about EcoPath? Are they surprised? Like, oh my gosh, that you can actually do something else with. You know, what's the reaction from people when yeah. you come up to them and tell them like, hey, I've got a solution for you. It's easier for people from the Western part of the globe to think, oh, this is simple, but not same here. Mm-hmm. You know, it's really uh, uh, surprising, you know, for people that, yeah, can you, so we can do this because uh, they are used to these uh, single-use cartridges and uh, uh, people that are active players in this industry in Nigeria are usually motivated by profit. And so uh, they, they, they bring in, uh, uh, it's intentional for them to bring in single-use cartridge into the country at uh, ridiculously cheap prices so that they can get uh, more profit on it. 
and then uh, the end users just use it once and then they can use it again. So we, what we are doing, uh, because we are uh, partnered with a lot of uh, reputable organizations from Japan and uh, other places, and so we will be locally assembled, assembling some of these cartridges and then uh, with uh, the crowd to crowd mindset so that any cartridge that you subscribe from our company, uh, once it's used up, we can recover it for uh, reusing again. And then they find that really interesting. They find it really good because apart from helping the environment, I discovered that uh, remanufactured cartridges also offer uh, a highly, it's highly competitive in prices. Like there's a little bit of price reduction and you can get this price reduction without uh, without uh, compromising on the quality, you know? Right. So for schools, if their cost of operation uh, as uh, dictated by the lower cost of uh, printer cartridges is lower, that could automatically translate it, uh, to lower tuition for students and you more know, accessibility uh, cost for more of doing people. business. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's got this ripple effect on several other areas, yeah. I love that the downstream effects of everything that you're doing is so positive for the community. But you mentioned that um, most of these manufacturers of, of anything, really, they're motivated by profit. They just want to make more money. Mm. But I, I know that you are not motivated by profit. So can you give us some insight into why maybe you are not motivated as strongly by profit? Why? What does motivate you and why? Before our very own highs, the environment is and the climate is, 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 is burning gradually. And... Well, we pretend not to see this and we pretend to see like everything is cool when things is actually not cool. Uh, so I just felt we need to uh, be brave and, you know, take the bull by the horn. If I can, if you can permit that idiom, you know, like yeah. we, we need to start doing something in this regard. Mm-hmm. You see, uh, there's this time of greenwashing, you know, in the West when you when you want people to think you are doing something good for the environment and, and in actual fact, you, you're really motivated mm-hmm. by profit. Mm-hmm. I, I, I say it's bad, but in Africa, people don't even know anything about anything, whether it's greenwashing or, you know, it's just business as usual. Yeah, and I just yeah. think some of us should uh, take this leadership position and start uh, changing the narrative. Yep. You, have, you have kids, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. You have children. How many children yeah. do you have? I think it's... I, you have- I have three boys. <laughs> and, uh, oh, and, and you know, my wife, we say, including me making four boys, my wife say <laughs> she's automatically qualified to be a boy girl. Yes, I have one boy. I have one. I have two girls. Oh, it goes girl, boy, girl. No, yeah. So I have this one son, and I just think, especially when he was small, I mean, he's sort of he sort of ramped it back a little bit now that he's 15, but man, when he was a kid, I could not keep up with him. So I, I really appreciate you and your wife deserves congratulations. Yes. Wow, Keeping so up with good boys. So what I was going to ask you, Latif, is like the thing is having kids and also Beth, obviously, is do you feel any sense of urgency to get involved in these solutions because you have children? it's our posterity, right? So we, we have, we want to leave, like for me, I don't have kids, but I still want to leave the planet better than I'm, I have this philosophy in my life. If I go to an Airbnb or go to anyone's house, or I like even people, I want to leave people or places better than when I first mm-hmm. met them. Right. Mm-hmm. Or Boy got Scout. there. Boy Scout. It's a totally Boy Scout thing. That really is. Is. <laughs> I grew up that Latif, you don't know that I, I grew up as a Boy Scout. So, um, <laughs> I think that like when you have kids, maybe you see the next generation inheriting this planet that's going to be a disaster, right? So that's mm-hmm. that's scary as a parent and also as a citizen. You probably think, well, you know, you, you can tell me, Latif, you probably know better than I do. Or bad. you know, like like you just you eat the nail on the head, you know, like we are mm-hmm. just very much on point, you know. So this is part of my motivation actually, because you know, I just felt like uh, we shouldn't be like a, a, a selfish parent to our to our, to our kids, you know, yeah. like the generations coming. That it shouldn't be about. Uh, uh, profit motivation and then we mess up the whole space and file it all for them you know and if we're not careful it, it's going to, it's getting so bad already i'll give you an example of lake chad you know like lake chad mm-hmm. it's a lake in african region uh, mm-hmm. it's bounded by several countries like nigeria uh, cameroon and you won't believe it it's dry up to like 
30% of its original size. Oh. Just I'm just thinking maybe it will not get once to a stage where I won't get to see a lake chart to show my son Whoa. or their children. Wow. So so we need to insane. do something. I, I just Googled right now, Lake Chad before and after. That was like the search I put into the Google right now. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm, I'm, you know, for, for the listeners, you can't see this, but um, if you type this into Google, you'll see what Latif is talking about. It's uh, yeah. visible. Wow. It, that's really it's crazy. It's similar to, for people in the United States, maybe um, like Lake Mead out west is the same thing. It's just drained. You can see how much it's drained and different reservoirs are are almost empty and so they have to install new pumping systems to try to still get the water like to places like las vegas which is a desert and um it's just really scary it's happening right now like you said yeah. in 1963 and lake chad was 26,000 square kilometers uh presently it is 1200 square kilometers wow that, that's how terrible it is yeah 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 it's, yeah. it's really bad that's, the situation is really bad yeah, and that is wow. why we, sh we shouldn't we shouldn't pay lift service to this uh, issue. There are ways to capture carbon. There's ways to regenerate Lake Chad. Mm -hmm. We could actually plant forests probably around mm -hmm. that area, or you know, there's all this and technology. Youth, you know, young people. I, I find at least the young people I know, they are all about it. They are all concerned about the climate. They're all concerned about environmental issues, and they're ready to do whatever it takes. They're not like you know, older people, people even as old as us who are like, well, I'd like to make some changes, but, you know, I'm kind of in this fixed state where I need to have things be a certain way. I need to be comfortable. Young people are ready to go all out and do whatever we have to do. So I know you've done some work with young people. I mean, can you share a little bit about that? Since my coming back home to Nigeria, you know, I have been interacting and interfacing with young people, especially I discovered that, uh, uh, women folk, ladies, you know, are behind. We have this collaboration with this organization called Cointrepreneur. So we, 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 we are uh, talking to uh, uh, ladies, uh, mm -hmm. like young ladies and mm -hmm. even young guys too, uh, to, to take actions, you know, positive actions to be like agent of change. There are young people that are very open to this and then where it's for us, it's no problem. We are taking them on. We are trying to, you know, mentor them, showing them the way. Uh, we also got some that are not so open to this. And then nothing you can do than just uh, make your own uh, contribution. Right. Why do you, what do you see in the, in, in the youth that are not so open? Is it something that's um, limiting them from getting involved in the solutions? Yeah. Is, it, is it socioeconomic? Is it because, like, I know, of course, in Nigeria, you, yes, you struggle love... with... You struggle with some issues, right? There's I mean, mm -hmm. obviously that we don't have in the West. And I think our listeners, it would be very uh, good for them to know a little mm -hmm. bit about like the struggles that you guys might be having there so that we can just hear them, you know? Uh, Nigeria, as is typical of a few other African countries, you know, uh, will have uh, challenges with infrastructures, you know. Uh, yeah, you could say bad management, you know, of the vast resources, you know, that is really second to none in the whole universe. We know we have everything, but... Uh, the management has been a huge challenge for us in Nigeria. And so uh, these guys have not gotten uh, enough opportunity carved out for them. You know, like the, the, the state has failed them. So after school, there's no work to do. And that is why uh, sometimes Nigerian youth is just synonymous with uh, internet scam and things like that that are mm. very negative, you know. Uh, so they just felt like, oh, the system has failed us. So... Uh, let's just stick uh, to whatever it takes for us to, to exist. You, you can't say we should die. We have to exist. And if crimes and the criminalities is what we have to do to succeed, so be it. And so, but we're trying to ch change this narrative. So these people find better in incentive in crimes, which, you know, I, I try to tell people that you shouldn't be, be proud of that. You should rather look inward and, you know, unlock your potentials of creativity mm -hmm. and do something really great you know, for your society and community. So we have some guys that are really interested. They want to, you know, write their names in the, in the right side of history by doing something really good. I like that. the idea that they can be, I mean, they can have socioeconomic security by following these environmentally um, healthy practices, right? Mm -hmm, like it's, mm -hmm. that doesn't mean that you're, you know, going to be in penury or not have what you need. Mm -hmm. You'll have what you need, but you can do it and you can, 
they can be real agents of change, you know, yeah. in Nigeria and across the world. So, yeah. yeah. You know, what's really incredible about that too, Latif, is that like as somebody who came up struggling and also I grew up impoverished in some ways, as Beth knows, um, you do get in a survival mindset. So you can have mm -hmm. a lot of compassion for those people who are trying to do scams and stuff. You can look them in the eye and say like, I completely get where you're coming from. You're trying to survive but there's another way. And there's actually a community over here of people. You know, mm -hmm. I think the biggest sell for youth in my own experience of teaching youth has been offering some of these people who feel marginalized or don't really want to be part of this um, sustainable solution because they'd rather go do crime or do something mm -hmm. bad. You mm -hmm. let them know like, guys, there's a community over here waiting for you. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you, you're, you're alone. You're mm -hmm. surviving alone. And I mm -hmm. get it. But we have yeah. other people over here who are gardening, farming, learning about things, doing community stuff, helping each other. And that's where you belong. And yeah. you can, and this is an outdated survival model. You're, you're surviving and I get it, mm -hmm. but it's not working for you anymore. And it won't work very long. It's in a long term. It's not going to take right. you very far, right? Like if you're talking about youth and, and investing in your future, it's like the future is over here. Yeah. Do you want to become part of the future or do you want to just continue going day by day and you're suffering? It's yeah. up to you. It's your choice, you know? And knowing that there's a community there to provide the support so that you don't have to be left in the survival yeah. mindset, you know, like yeah. I, I can see why you're doing this. I understand where you're coming from, but yeah. there's another way, a better way. Folks. I try to tell people that for us in Africa, uh, sustainability is that platform we can use to hack mm -hmm. the future. You know, I, I use the word hack the future because it's something we can actually use to catch up with the rest of the world. You know, like I will give you an example, like in Nigeria, we don't locally manufacture ink and tuna cartridges, we import them. But now mm -hmm. I'm doing something in this regard. I am doing assembling and then remanufacturing. So this is as closest as we can get to actual manufacturing. You so tell me a little bit about, you mentioned how you're, you've started to remanufacture things Tell us more about what Ecopath does. So we're starting with uh, ink cartridges uh, assembling and remanufacturing. So we have a technical partnership, a technical partner mm -hmm. in Japan. Uh, so this partner provides us with the machineries, training, and the raw materials. So what we do is we import these stocks and uh, locally assemble uh, ink cartridges. And uh, these ink cartridges is sold to uh, end users, the universities, polytechnics, and other colleges. And uh, once these cartridges is used up, the entities, instead of being thrown away, is collected, and then we take it back to our factory to remanufacture them again. We rebrand them and we sell them again. So we discover we can do this several times. And that is why I would say the subject of, uh, of sustainability is actually very local to us. It's only that we lost the track over time. I was going to say, it's, it's actually yeah. been, I think it's more natural, I think in that, in, in, in your environment than it is to us as an industrial environment, exactly. right? And, and, exactly. And sometimes like, I haven't been to Africa yet, so I can't really speak about this. I'm so glad you're here to be the expert on this. But in my mind, I always read these things that are saying like, well, Africa can actually skip all of the garbage that we did in the mm -hmm. industrial revolution. You, mm -hmm. you guys could actually go beyond because yes. you get right back to what you already have done yes, yes, which yes. is to be sustainable you are it's yes. in your it's in your dna like yeah, exactly like, <laughs> like dealing with christians and muslims together yeah, so. that's come so naturally and it's you're like, like all the all the solutions yeah. are in africa yeah yeah and echopath yeah. what echopath is doing seems to me to be better than just manufacturing from scratch because yeah Right. I mean, it's it's got to have a lower carbon footprint, um, yeah, much exactly. lower. I mean, there are all these products in our society that we don't think about. And so mm -hmm. the little it's like, mm -hmm. thank you, Latif, exactly. for, for, for being that yeah. person who like helps us think about the smallest it stuff, which is like an awareness. ink cartridge. Right. Yeah. You know, like yeah. Yeah. leads me down a whole different like rabbit hole of what else is there out there that I'm not thinking about, like how do lights get made or where the light bulbs come from or how about the things that are in my computer, are right. they being recycled? And it's it's a frugal mindset too. Like I'm pretty frugal. My husband's maybe even a little bit more frugal than I am. Let's just be real. Anyway, and so the frugal thing is to to reuse and redo and like stretch it out and how long can we make it last? And instead of, um, you know, a lot of people that I know, they just let's say they're getting rid of a piece of furniture, they throw it out on the curb and somebody comes and picks it up. We've had furniture for like 20 years, okay? And we maybe reupholster it, we put a cover on it. And um, that's true for everything. So I love that you've made a business out of it. So then your business, um, how, do you, how do you work in the social entrepreneurship? I mean, obviously you have 
um, an environmental balance to what you're doing? Do you do other things that benefit the community? Are you bringing people in with, with like training and education and jobs? Because we are doing this in collaboration with these uh, end users, these universities. Yeah. So we offer to take them uh, twice every year, uh, free training and workshop on uh, the environmental impact and uh, uh, of their operations. And, uh, you know, we just offer them free training on uh, how and why they should be conscious about, uh, you know, their, um, you know, the greenhouse effect, you know, how uh, they can wrap their operation in a way to be compliant mm -hmm. with the environment. So on one hand, we are doing this. So on the other hand, we are also, you know, the, the, the community, we, are, uh, we have a very modest mini factory. We, mm -hmm. you know, we are trying to uh, engage the local chiefs in the community to plant trees, you know, and uh, yeah. you know, talk to them and also, you know, the uh, primary schools, you know, in the area, you know, to talk to them about what, uh, you know, uh, green project is all about, the trees and the forest, how these are the carbon sink, you know, mm -hmm. how they are beneficial mm -hmm. to our environment. It's just a matter of like getting the information, right? There's so many problems in the world that, like Sky was saying, right? I mean, I don't <laughs> know what goes into makeup. I don't know what goes into this light fixture I have here. Right, and if you don't know what the issue is, or it's not in the forefront of your mind, yeah. you're just gonna ignore it because you don't mm -hmm. have the information. So yeah, like yeah. A, you know, even to have the ink cartridge, you have like the actual box it comes in. Where does that mm -hmm. material come from? Mm -hmm. You know, it's such a, when, as the more you pull back, the more complex it gets, but the more technology then can help us understand mm -hmm. that complexity and break it down for us so that we yeah. can actually manage it and figure out what materials we're using, what resources yeah. are going into things, yeah. are they toxic? Where do they go after they're done? Mm -hmm. You know, are they just being pulled out of thin air? How can people support um, Echopath? Like, what do you need right now? Like, what's the biggest thing you need? Is it funding? Is it community? Is it followers? Are you, do, you, do you need the clients? And, you know, we don't want to limit ourselves to schools alone. And right. so for this, we will be branching off to toner cartridges and other form of cartridges, not only digital duplicating cartridges that we presently do. So for that, we, we're looking at our, our hands are wide open to getting a sponsorship you know, like a fund, uh, you know, people that really want to invest in ethical business, sustainable business, mm -hmm. you know, where they can get reasonable return and uh, they will do that also, uh, you know, keeping uh, people, profit and planet in balance, you know, there are people like that, you know, <laughs> so. Beth, would you like to elaborate? Is, what, what is Staples? Okay, well. Uh, you want to do a plug on the, on the path uh, on the cast? Sure, because I'm a maybe real supporter. If, I well, don't maybe know. they'll support Latif, you know? I mean, if we yeah. get on it, we can make it happen. Yeah. <laughs> I think they should. I mean, well and truly, I think they should. Yeah, Staples awesome. is a, we have, mm -hmm. in the United States, we have big box stores, which are these huge stores, which are kind of ubiquitous. They're all over the United States. Um, Walmart is one of those. You've everybody's heard of Walmart. Um, Staples is the same kind of a thing, except they focus on office equipment, office mm -hmm. supplies. Mm -hmm. um, so like they supply some of the stuff that we have in our, at our school, um, but they also sell just to regular people. Like I can just walk in there and get a ream of paper for my own printer at home. But to our <laughs> listeners, please like what, uh, what you know, uh, uh, if you could just let us know really quickly, Latif, where can people go to find out about Echopath? Um, do you have a social media presence? We're going to include all this, of course, like in the links in the show notes, uh, okay. the show notes for sure. Yeah. But you can just okay. let our listeners know where they can find you and how they can support. Yeah. So, 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 you know, simply going to our website, Ecopad page, you know, we're live, you, you find us there and, uh, uh, <clears throat> and other social media handles. So as per all of our shows, we ask every guest because the whole point of, um, this podcast is to build a toolkit for how to build better communities. Mm -hmm. And you're an insanely amazing and talented and creative uh, community builder in your own right. Coming back to what we focus on with this podcast, what is um, a way, one way that you think that um, we can all build better communities? What I'm actually looking at, how we can build a better community is to carry everyone along, you know, especially people from Africa, you know, I, I really want, <laughs> I really I want that, that institution here <laughs> yeah. where, where, you know, we can make that conscious effort, you know, to also bring people from this part of the world, you know, Africa, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. to whatever we are doing, to factor them into what we are doing and have a voice heard, like we are having this conversation now, let's mm -hmm. more of uh, people from Nigeria, Ghana and other African countries also be represented. 
and so that we can know we are one humanity under one sky. Mm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That, was really that was beautiful. Oh my oh, gosh, Latif, that's that was amazing. amazing. It was so good. That's amazing. And Latif, that answer just gave me chills right now me because too. Um, there were there were two things. First of all, the COVIDs, the the Corona <laughs> virus mm-hmm. has really um, brought that about. Right, the most vulnerable people in our community seem to be the ones left behind. Mm-hmm. Um, there's been a lot of stress on that. Like who is who is like the the outliers of our community that we have to take care of. And but who are the outliers of our world? They're getting left out of the table, the seat of the table, particularly with this technology stuff too. Like there are so few people who are running this technology that's building our world, that's you know making profit for a very few amount of people, and yet not a lot of people are invited to that table. So mm-hmm. one of my biggest challenges in entrepreneurship in this journey has been to figure out how to how to get a seat at the table, and you know I just want to be able to give that. Such credit what you said, Latif. Like everyone mm-hmm. needs to be included in a community. That's like so important. Yeah. And yeah. I just love yeah. that. So yeah. we're gonna have a running carry yeah. everyone along. That's right, Beth. And we're gonna have a um a toolbox actually on Discord and of course on the website that's going to link to all of the things that you guys have said. Every guest that they have said what's the right thing for community. Some people have said vulnerability, some people have said you know, it's diversity. So we're going to try to build like this nice little toolbox with all our guests to figure out how, um, you know, whether, what are the things that build a good community? That's what these conversations are about. And for our listeners, you know, I just like want to say that you guys are so important to this conversation. It's so important that you get involved. We want to hear from you. So follow the links, go to our discord channel, get involved, add your comments, add your solutions. We're going onwards and upwards together as a community. We're building a community together. So please can be part of that community, be part of Latif's mission with Echopath and follow our journey um, as we continue these conversations to build better. Thank you so, so much. Thank Latif, you. Thank, thank you so you much for being on the show today. Thank you.